and welcome to this first ever edition of the Common You Spurs podcast. My name's Dan Tracy and I'll be your host for the next 45 minutes or so as we talk all things Tottenham. Because win or lose, we'll discuss the news. Now, some of you may be aware that I've been a host of a Tottenham podcast in the past. And in the past few weeks, me and the team have been discussing a transfer. And I'm delighted to say that we've teamed up with the Common You Spurs app at COYS.com. If you've made the move with us, then welcome back. And if you're new to proceedings, then a huge hello to you as well. Now, usually, I'm joined by two trusted assistant managers, but unfortunately, Cole has failed a late fitness test. I know he's gutted that he can't make it tonight, but Cole, more importantly, you get well soon, mate, and hopefully you'll be back on board next week. That does, however, mean that I'm backed by the youth of the operation, and that's James McCarthy. James, it's a pleasure to be talking Tottenham with you once again. How have you been since we last spoke? Yeah, it's, it's good to be back, mate. It's been a little while. Uh, obviously, Tottenham results aren't, aren't great at the moment. We've certainly had better times as, as Spurs fans, but... Uh, yeah, it's, it's hopefully we'll have a, a therapeutic session and uh, get a bit of the ring rust off. Absolutely. Before we do, let's get the social media bits out of the way first so we can dissect Saturday and a lot more in full. So, as always, don't forget to subscribe to the Common New Spurs app where the podcast will be available each and every Tuesday morning. You can, of course, follow us across social media. We're on Twitter at COYS underscore COM, which is, I guess, commonuspurs.com. While we're also on all the major audio platforms, which is Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, pretty much all of them. And if we're not, ask me, I'll put it on that as well. Right then, let's get down to business. And that business, well, to be honest, we should probably catch up from where we last left off. Because, James, we haven't spoken about Tottenham for, I think, about six weeks now. It was the North London Derby, which was our last sort of effort at all of this. So a lot has happened since then. You'd have to say, more bad than good. So, we'll break down the Watford game in a bit more detail in a bit. But before we do, what has been your overall take since we drew 2 all at the Emirates? Well, I mean, as you rightly say, it's been more bad than good. It's been it's been pretty horrible. It's been horrible watching and it's, it's upsetting to see, really. Because, uh, you know, it's, it's it's a highlight of your week. You know, I, I absolutely love, I love... I love looking at the fixture list. I love seeing when we're playing... And I, and I really, really look forward to seeing Tottenham play. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm a Tottenham fan living in Birmingham. So, you know, a lot of the time I'm watching Tottenham games with people who aren't Tottenham fans. And when they're seeing us getting beat by teams and, you know, performing the way we've been performing, it, it means that I get a lot of stick my way. And, and recently I've, I've not been looking forward to football matches, you know, and, it, and it's, it is, it's, it's a horrible thing to say because, you know, Tottenham, Tottenham mean everything to me. And, and it's horrible to see the state that we're in. You know, we've got such good players at our disposal. We've got the best manager in the league. And there's just something that's just not clicking. And, you know, whether it's something behind the scenes, whether it's unhappy players, whether it's the tactics, something just there, right. And it, and it's horrible to watch because, I say, it's, it's the highlight of my week seeing seeing this 11 lads kicking the ball around the pitch. And, and it breaks my heart to see the way that we're playing at the moment because we have got the potential to, to you know, as we saw last season, we were there in Madrid. We, and we just, we, you know, we, we're not performing to that level and it, it's horrible to see. Now, a lot of fingers of blame are being pointed and they're in multiple directions. So, for you, is it the players? Is it the manager? Is it the chairman? Or is it a combination of all three? What is the fundamental reason that things are going wrong in North London at the moment? I think, yeah, I think you're right when you say it's a, it's a combination of all three, really. I, I, I don't think there is one sole reason for, for for the way that we're playing but you know what what depends how much you think for for each person you know i think daniel levy has been very lucky over the last few years we've said that a lot that he's been lucky with with, with pochettino really you know he's he's managed to get the best out of out of young players he's managed to get the best out of players who 
you know, who aren't the big money signings. Uh, and he's and he's he's been lucky. He's, he's over, you know, he's, he's over projected himself. Pochettino, he's he's not blameless. You know, he he's as I say, he's, he's the best manager in the league. He gets the best out of everyone, but he's not blameless. I think sometimes some of his decisions, starting eleven wise, and and especially substitutions. He's, he's not blameless, uh, but then really the, the the people who are at fault are the lads who are, who are kicking the ball about on the pitch. You know the effort levels. The you know sometimes we, when we've got the ball on the halfway line, you're looking you're looking at our attacking six, our attacking five, and you, you're thinking, why aren't you moving? Why aren't you creating space? And you know, whether that's down to tactics, I, I highly doubt it is because there's no way that these players have been told to stay still. The the, the whole basis of, of Pochettino's philosophy is. Is movement off the ball? It's you know the the fullbacks need to be producing a hell of a lot more. And, and if it is just down to the fact that our fullbacks haven't got it in them anymore, then they should have been moved on. You know, we saw maybe Danny Rose moving to Watford at, at, at the back end of the, of the of the summer transfer window, but you know that that came out of the blue almost. You know, we should have been we should have been preparing for this. And you know, in all fairness, Pochettino has called it in in the past that we do need to, to shake things up and. And have a complete revamp of the squad, but it just hasn't happened. And you know, I think it's it's a combination of all three factors that have culminated at the same time, and and that is why we are playing such bad football at the moment. That's going to lead me on to my next point. Actually, I was going to say that in football, hindsight is a wonderful thing, and I think as fans, we're all guilty of saying, "Well, if only we did that." I'm going to be just as guilty now and ask the question: Should we have been more ruthless with our, I suppose, transition in the summer? And I'll expand on that point by saying, you know, you've got players that. We read in the papers and we listen on Sky Sports News and the like, and we, you know, we are under the belief that they don't want to be at the club. So, should those players been completely sidelined? You know, not necessarily sold, but if you don't want to be at the club, you're not part of proceedings. And then you could have just bought the players in regardless. And if we have to stop pole in certain positions, then so be it. At least we're sort of going forward. Have we been hamstrung by the fact we've sort of kept hold of players and we don't really know if they want to be there, what their status is, and it's like how do we prepare and move on from there? Yeah, absolutely right. Because you know, if, if, say we had gone uh, in for someone like Fernandez from from Sporting, if, if if we'd have said to him, "Look, I want I want to bring you to, to Tottenham, and I want you to be our our, our most creative midfielder," while Christian Eriksen's still on the books, he he's not going to believe any of the promises you're making. Because while Eriksen's on the books, it's fair to assume that we're going to use him. And you know, if that means putting Eriksen in the reserves and and you know, outcasting him like that. Then so be it, but it's just not the way that, that Pochettino works. You know, we, we saw him do it with uh, with Kyle Walker a, a couple of seasons ago, just just completely outcasted him. But he doesn't want to disrupt his squad like that. If you look at the players that we've got, they're all you know they're they're one group of lads, they're a group of mates, and and if you treat one of them as as many people say that we should be with the likes of Ericsson, the likes of well, I mean, Alderweireld's been been relatively professional about the whole thing, but Ericsson especially, you know, he's the one that we're talking about here, isn't it? He's he's the one who supposedly wants out and is and is disrupting the squad. But if he all of a sudden gets outcasted, put in the reserves, then you know his mates, his his, his teammates are going to turn around and say, hey, this isn't on. And so if you're in, in someone like Fernandez, you're not going to come to Tottenham because you you can't be guaranteed the the first team football and. You know, it's it's just a shambles. It's it's what came first. You know, do we get rid of players first or do we stockpile players? It, it's an absolute minefield. But Pochettino spoke about wanting a complete revamp of the squad, and you know, nothing has changed from last season. We signed Cessignon, Lacelso, 
you know, they've, they've been out injured. And Dombele, for me, was a huge, huge signing. But we needed to kick on from there. We needed, we needed more. You know, we we don't you don't look at our bench and you see anyone capable of, of coming on and, and turning turning the game around. Um, and and I just don't think Pochettino's got his right system. He's got his right formation. But you know, we'd just come off the back of a, of a successful season. We finished in the Champions League positions. We'd had a, an, an incredible Champions League run. It would have been at the time you talk about hindsight. It would have been incredibly harsh to to, to turn around and sell three or four of those of the of the players that uh, that got into the Champions League final. It would have been harsh of him, and we'd have we'd have slated him at the time. I mean, look at Kieran Trippier now. He's absolutely soaring in in uh, over in Spain. But no one could have foreseen that at all. No one could have. You know, uh, it's it's a really difficult one and. And I'd say it's it's all the factors coming together at the same time that, that have killed us, really. I mean, we mentioned being ruthless and the fact that we've got to a Champions League final and you sort of think that you can't necessarily get rid of people. I'll counter that statement by saying Sir Alex Ferguson, I mean, back, say, 1995, when um, they lost the Premier League and they lost the FA Cup. He was then ruthless. He got rid of Ince, Konchelskis, and then evolved, got the young players in. They sort of built again, built another legacy, that sort of next generation of United. So... You know, things have sort of obviously moved on in the last sort of generation of football. But should that be more the approach we took this summer? Again, I think it would have been impossible. I think, you know, it, it, say he takes out Jan Vertonghen and, and Toby Alderweireld, two players in the last year of their contracts, two players that have, have had great long stints at Tottenham but are kicking on a little bit. Uh, if he starts the season with, with Sanchez and Foyt, then... People, you know, people are going to be turning around saying, "Why the hell isn't he playing?" Is this this centre back partnership that has been the best in the league for the last two seasons, and also got him Champions League football and led them to the Champions League final? So, you know, it's it's he's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't. If if he was going to do it, he'd have done it. I I think I think Pochettino's kind of, you know, he's, he's caught in in no man's land between a, an absolute revamp. And bringing no one in, he's brought in a couple that aren't really going to affect the squad too much. I think Sessegnon could be a huge player because of our reliance on the, on the fullbacks. But he's going to take time. He's, you know, he's far from a complete footballer. Uh, the same with Lacelso, even the same with Ndombélé. You know, the guy is, was the talk of Europe, but we can't expect him to transition into a Premier League footballer straight away. So yeah, it's it's a really difficult one. And uh, if we knew the answers, and I think we'd uh, we'd be <laughs> would be higher up in the club than we are. Absolutely. I guess, ultimately, could you say that the decision to keep playing our supposed want-aways is now coming back to haunt us in these first few weeks of the season? Yeah, definitely. I mean, teams are, have latched on to how we're going to play football and, you know, it, the homework must be very easy for them to do. You look you look at how, um, how Villa nearly beat us on the opening day of the season. It was... It was try and beat us on the try and beat us on the counter, nick one, and then stick the men behind the ball. It's a very very simple game plan. Uh, you know, kill kill, cut the passing lines between the, the midfielders to Harry Kane, and, and you make life difficult for us. Newcastle came, did exactly the same thing, nicked an early goal, and then concentrated on on killing the space. You know, for Harry Kane to to move through, uh, and then you know Watford. That that result is absolutely baffling. You know they were they were absolutely torn apart by Man City, five goals after twenty odd minutes, and that's because City stretched stretched them wide and and picked the holes. But Tottenham, we seem to have, to have this habit of of conceding sloppy goals and then 
we're starting on the back foot. It's almost we're starting with a handicap. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if you if you think if you take out those results, then then we're we're in a very good position. But still, it's it's they're games that we should be winning, and these are the games that that do cast us towards the end of the season. We look back and think, oh, if we hadn't dropped points back in the day, it was always West Brom in games like that. West Brom and Wigan and those kind of teams. You always look back and thought, oh, if we didn't drop points against them then we'd be soaring. But, you know, to me, it is just a slump and it will turn around. Uh, But when that turnaround starts and how it's going to start is is another matter. You mentioned the handicap and you're absolutely right. I think we've kept one clean sheet in the league this season. So, you know, we're not this, I guess, force at the back, you know, the sort of fortress that we once were. How much of a concern is that? Because you look at the Brighton game in particular and Alderweireld and Vertonghen certainly look like two defenders that were over 30 years old. Yeah, definitely, uh, and, and you know it's it's going to be heartbreaking when those two aren't taking the field as our as our centre half partnership because of of the of the years they've given us the the you know the loyalty they've given us their best years you know and they they could have given us those best years they could have given someone else those best years you know so it, it, but the flag you know the flag has to be, be taken down at some point the mass has to be passed on and it's just whether those youngsters are up to scratch. And and to me, the youngsters aren't quite up to scratch yet. And so, it, again, Pochettino's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. Sanchez for me is is, is far off being being a complete centre half, and in that kind of position, it, it it shows up. If you make make mistakes, if you're out of position, then you're going to get punished. And so, you know, it, it's it's a shame to see because they're they're such great players, and 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 they are going to have to move on at some point. It's, it's going to be more than likely going to be next year, and. Uh, and, if, and you're just struggling to see that we're, that we're ready for, for when they do move on. Poch was in the news recently, made some comments earlier in the season. He said that, you know, January's going to be the perfect time to fix all of this. He's now said that he doesn't expect any transfer activity in January. So how can you fix something in January when there's no players coming either in or out? I think he needs a complete change of system. Um, for players to be vocal in the way that Mita Sissoko was lo- vocal about um, how he was dealing with with the diamond formation, you know, I can't remember what game it was after, but but Sissoko said, you know, we're struggling in in this formation, and for him especially to come out and say that, you know, he Mauricio Pochettino has made him the player that he is, and so for him to come out uh, against kind of the, the system that Pochettino is using, it really does mean something. And for me, that diamond, midfield diamond does. It really does rely on on fullbacks to to, to stretch the game, to bomb on and and create chances in those wide places, and and we just haven't got the fullbacks for that at the moment. Danny Rose is a shadow of, of the player he once was, uh, and the right backs question has just not been answered at all. Serge Aurier is an absolute liability defensively. Walker Peters is is far from the finished article, and uh, and Foyt is is a converted centre half, so it, it's just it's just not going to work. And the same. In the attacking third, you know, Deli Ali, I've I've never seen a turnaround in a, in a footballer so so harsh. You know, he's he's gone as fast as Harry Kane went from being absolutely pants to being one of the best strikers in the world. Deli Ali has gone from everything he touches goes in the back of the net, or every flick, every trick he, he tries comes off. To to just looking lost on the pitch, you don't you know, especially look at the Watford game this weekend. I was bragging before the game that that this was going to be his his moment because you know we fair enough Pochettino changed the system went with the back five with a bit of 
to give us a bit of defensive stability, which well clearly worked brilliantly after a whole six minutes into the game. Uh, but you know, with, with the stability of three at the back, wing backs, and then Winks and Sissoko, that gave Delhi such a free role to 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 explore to to create the chances that we expect him to create. And yet again, he just looked he just looked lost. So you know, it's it's a it, we do need a complete change of system because the systems we're not using aren't fitting the players that we've got and the players that we've got clearly aren't malleable enough to, to fit into a system that, that Pochettino wants so you know if, if you're going to ask me what system it is then I'm I'm, stu- I'm as stumped as Pochettino seems to be but you know he's getting paid the big bucks to make these decisions so let's uh let's hope he can he can and he can swap it all around and I think this week is a great week to do it you know Red Star that they're not the not the best team in the world why not throw in a decision that's going to that's going to raise a few eyebrows and uh, and change the system up a little bit because if you look at this season we're now a quarter of the way through the league campaign and we cannot keep saying the season starts now and then not even winning that game because a lot of people were saying that about Saturday you know oh, it's Watford bottom of the league we'll be fine the ignition spark etc etc so you know you've just referenced systems is that ultimately the answer how do we fix this apparent problem that we're currently finding ourselves in no, I mean, of course not. I think Pochettino, he did use a different system. That I think that, to me, is is a massive point, and it needs to be made that Pochettino did change his system against Watford. He he he, he sacked off the diamond. He, he started a team that he thought would be defensively solid, and then gave the players like Deli Ali, Lucas Kane the, the space to to create, and it didn't work. So hopefully, for me, next time round it's going to be a different system because it very clearly didn't work. And what, you know, he's, he's flogging a dead horse if he, uh, if he keeps on going with it. So, you know, whatever that system may be, a 4-2-3-1 with, with a fluid three, you know, back to the basics is what we need to do. Uh, but it just, he cannot use the same system again because that's two systems we've used so far this season that both clearly, clearly haven't worked. So this chopping and changing is obviously doing us no favours either. So you look at the back four, it's probably as settled as it can be, although we've got a dodgy right back, Rosie's out of sorts, two Belgian defenders looking their age. So in front of them, who's your two midfielders in that formation you've just said? You know, you've got, say, Winks, Undembele, Sissoko. If you could pick two, who are you picking? Honestly, for me at the moment, it's it's Sissoko and Ndombele, um, which which breaks my heart because I'm, I'm Harry Winks's biggest advocate but he's, he's just not what we need in, in, in games where we need to break teams down I think he, he's obviously so energetic he covers so much ground and his, his get up and go is, is what we need to, to drive teams forward but that is what Ndombele should be bringing for me he should be the Harry Winks of, of the two and Musa Sissoko in, in the squad is purely defensively for me I've, I, he, he covers the, the right hand channel so well and if it is going to be Serge Aurier there, then the, the the fact that Sissoko is there to back him up is so necessary. So even though Sissoko lacks, you know, a, a technique, let's say, that he lacks creativity, maybe his athleticism helps us out so much defensively because of the right back situation. Um, but then it, it fall, a lot falls onto the shoulders of Ndombele to to create, but. So it should, you know. He proved himself so much last season. He, he, he can he can split at the eye of a needle with with a pass, and we just haven't really seen much of it yet. You know, we've we've seen glimpses. He's, he's, he's clearly a quality footballer, but we just need him to grab games by the scruff of the neck and drive us on from midfield. So, um, I mean, he clearly isn't fit too. I mean, 
oh, I said it after about 40 minutes of the Villa game on the first day of the season. He was his his shoulders were rolling. He was absolutely knackered. Um, and so Harry Winks coming off the bench is, is a massive injection that 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 could really drive us on. But for me, I think Ndombele, he, we need to see that 60, 60, 70 million pound player that 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 everyone in Europe wanted to be part of their team. We need we need him to step up. I mean, there's two other defensive midfielders that were part of a sort of a more golden era, let's say two, two three seasons ago. Those being, of course, Eric Dyer and Victor Wanyama. The latter was nearly out of the club and then he played against Leicester, come off the bench and had an awful showing. So in terms of Eric Dyer, when will he feature? Can he get sort of fit and sharp enough to actually call the first team 11 place his own? And Wanyama, how much of a future at the club does he really have? Well, I mean, Wanyama clearly, he, he was clearly out of Pochettino's plans. He he was on his way out of the club. It was all but all but agreed. And uh, and, and that one obviously fell through. The decisions bring him on against Leicester. I have I have absolutely no idea whether whether he showed something in training, whether he had a conversation with Pochettino that was, look, boss, I, while I'm here, I'm going to do my best for you. I, I don't know what it was, but he, he had Oliver Skip sat on the bench who, who didn't get a shout. And Wanyama came on, and as you rightly say, he had an absolute stinker. Um, for me, Wanyama's is 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 done. Um, that's. I don't think anyone would disagree with the fact that, that Wanyama's done. He's been out for so long with the injury. Every time he's come back, he hasn't really uh, pulled up any trees. Um, for me, Eric Dyer is, is, a, is a real player that, that is so valuable to, his, to your squad. I think he's so versatile that he, he covers two or three positions uh, in the squad that if you didn't have him there, you'd probably have to buy two or three players. I think he's maybe not adequate cover for centre-half, but he is centre half cover. Um for you know, someone like Tanganga, people calling for him to be in the Premier League squads. It's just not how it works. You can't throw uh, uh what a nineteen, twenty year old centre back into a Premier League game and expect him to be at, at, at the same level. You you just can't do it. Um so for me, Dyer, great centre back cover. Um necessary at defensive midfield cover despite that absolutely I think he had a horror show against Brighton as well. Which, which, well, I made me chuckle because you know the Twitter calls for for Eric Dyer to start were were hectic, and and before the game, I said I I really hope people aren't expecting Eric Dyer to be our Lord and Savior because because that's not the type of player he is. Um, but for me, yeah, he's, he's he's a good squad player. Um, he's he's certainly got a future at Tottenham, but but Wanyama for me, that's that's game over. Okay, if we assume that Harry Kane picks himself, there's still three more first team places up for grabs. So, in your ideal formation that you just said, who fills out that last trio of spaces? So, for me, I I go with um, Son is is the first name on the team sheet. You know, if you've only got to look at his performance from the bench against Watford this weekend, um, he he is going to be. A hell of a player for this for us this season because he is carrying so much of the creativity on his on his shoulders. Uh, next to him, I'd I'd go with I actually would go with Christian Eriksen. It might be a bit um, against the grain. I, I just think that he is he's the man to to unlock defenses. Even if he's playing badly, he's, he he produces you know when when we need him. Um, he's 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 obviously not in form. But I've always been Christian Eriksen's biggest advocate. I always say that he's uh, he's he's what makes us tick. And, and when we take him out of the team, we we just lack creativity. We act, we lack someone who can pick a pass and someone who can 
you know, spot something that no one else would spot. And, and you know, play, players are out of form all the time. You know, you just have to, you have to give it, give it time, give them minutes and, and hope that they're going to recover themselves. So, you know, Christian Eriksen for me is, is in there. Uh, and, and the same with Deli Ali. You know, he, I know I, I started the show by slating him, saying that you know he he just doesn't look the player that he used to be. But he's he's a confidence footballer, uh, and the way that Deli Ali interchanges with players like Eriksson and Kane makes makes him such an invaluable player. And and if we can rediscover that form that Deli Ali had, you know, a, a season, two seasons ago, then. We've got one of the best young players in the in the world on our hands, uh, and you know I, I know what you're going to ask. You're going to say that's that's harsh on Lucas Moura. It's harsh on Eric Lamella, who started the season really really well. Um, but for me, they're the two impact players coming from the bench that that we lack. You know, when we start Lucas Moura, you look at the bench and you think, what what are we going to do here? Lucas Moura, for me, coming off the bench with a bit between his teeth, twenty twenty five minutes from the end. Because you know Pochettino has a, had a tendency to, to bring players on ten minutes from the end when you know they can't even get warm on the pitch, let alone let alone affect the game. So uh, for me, uh, Lucas Moura coming on off the bench as well as Eric Lamella, you know he's he adds that input, he adds that injection. And uh, for me, I, I think we should have enough there to, to unlock defenses. Okay, if we take Christian Eriksen and his current situation, if you were a betting man, do you think we'll sell him in the new year? Or will player power win the day and he ends up departing somewhere else on a free transfer at the end of the season? I think we haven't got enough cover to to sell him in January. And I think Pochettino will think that too. It, it's, a, it's a lot to put on the shoulders of someone like Lo Celso when, when he comes back to to fill the boots of, of Christian Eriksen. Um, plus, I've, I've also, you know, I, haven't, I won't lie, I haven't watched a lot of Lo Celso. I'm not going to... I'm not going to pretend I was watching Real Betis last season at all, <laughs> um, <laughs> but he—I've been told that he isn't in the mould of Christian Eriksen. He's more a, a little bit deeper, um, and and you know just just not the same, not that number ten type that that we're looking at. Um, for you know, I, for me, I just don't think we can get rid of Christian Eriksen, and I think it, it depends on who's coming in for him because it's it's quite clear to me. Um, despite the the newspapers, the rumours that Real Madrid don't want Christian Eriksen. If if Real Madrid want a player, we've seen in the past with the Gareth Bale, your Cristiano Ronaldo, even your you know, Modric, your Hazard. If Real Madrid want you, they're gonna come and get you. You know, and and I, I, they just don't have that 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 want for Christian Eriksen. Zidane said he's not a fan, etc. etc. I I just don't think they want him. Now, in terms of player power, I guess Ericsson's looking at Aaron Ramsey as the inspiration, as someone who, you know, saw out his contract, took on a big move. However, you could argue that Ramsey still put in a very solid shift in his last season at the Emirates, something that quite hasn't really been the case for the Dane at the moment. Can we see that changing, you know, in the next sort of few weeks and months? Because if he is going to get this sort of big dream move, he has actually got to turn it on at some point, hasn't he? Exactly. I mean, if you're if you are a Real Madrid or a Barcelona, Bayern, whoever his potential suitor is, you're whatever Tottenham match you're tuning into. There's no way you're ever going to think, oh yeah, that Christian Eriksen is a player that I want in my squad. He, you know, he, he hasn't showed up this season. Yeah, I, I am his, his biggest fan. I think he, he runs games, but he he just hasn't clicked this season. Same as Deli Ali. You know, everything they try just doesn't seem to be pulling uh, to to be working. Um, but you know, I think you know. Sometime soon, all of these, all these flicks, these tricks are going to come off, 
and and we're gonna we're gonna batter a team and we're gonna go through a rich vein of form. It is gonna happen. It's just a question of when. Um, so, but yeah, you, you're absolutely right. If if he is gonna get a move away, he's got to ping his pull his finger out and uh, and and show teams why they should why they should splash their money on him. Okay, so many will reference the depression of losing that Champions League final back in June and the effect it's now having. Do you think that's a valid reason as to our early season performances? Are people relying that as a reason too much? Or, ultimately, does this prove that the club have failed to build on the disappointment like Liverpool did 12 months earlier and look at what the position they're now in? I think the Champions League final is... I wouldn't reference it as a... Uh, as a negative, as to as to as to a reason why our negative form has, has, has started, because it's clear that we weren't playing well towards the back end of last season. Yeah, you could say that that's because we we had one eye on the Champions League final, but but we weren't clicking as a football team in the in the in the months before the Champions League final. You know, in the gap between the semi and the final, our Premier League form took a took a huge dip. And and it has never really recovered, you know. Even even the Champions League final, we 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 weren't good, yeah. You know, and you know, we we also weren't awful, but we weren't good, and that's that's been the theme, I think. And it hasn't recovered from from then. I think the the system has maybe gone a little bit stale. Um, and and as as I said at the top of the show, we seem a little bit easy to work out. It's there's not a lot of homework needs to be done to work Spurs out. So I wouldn't really say. That the Champions League final itself was was the issue. I think it started before that, um, and you know, Pochettino, he, he did say a long time back uh, that he needed a revamp of the squad, and and he you know he did see it coming. And it's going to be a really interesting summer. Um, January, not obviously not so much. We we know it's it's so difficult to get players in in January halfway through a team season. They don't really want to sell up, um, but it's certainly going to be an interesting summer. I think we might see. Uh, you know the kind of you know the summer of uh, with the bail money that summer when we just we seem to be buying a player every every couple of days. Um, I I, th- I think that's what we need. If we look at this from a wider point of view, since Pochettino took over at the club, it's always been a case of building for the future and the path on the journey. So take into account that since the 2016-17 season when we finished second, we've actually finished in a lower position each time. So does this mean the club's now in a period of regression? Have we ultimately missed our chance to finally break the glass ceiling, that being winning the title? Does it also mean that things are going to have to get worse before they get better? Yeah, uh, depressingly so, um, I think so. You know, uh, I always said that our season to win to win the league was obviously the season that Leicester won the league. Um, I think that was, if there was ever a time, that was it. Um, just because of, of, of what Liverpool and Man City were, were doing with themselves at the time. You know, there was no... Um, the, the superpower football teams weren't showing up, and af- after that season, you know, City went and spent a load more money. Liverpool spent a load more money, and uh, and and from then on, it, it's been a kind of a, a two-horse race. But that was our chance to win the league. Um, so in the same way that last summer was was our chance to win the Champions League, and I, I believe the next time we we challenge for a league or challenge for a Champions League. There won't be anyone left in the squad from from the last two challenges at all, um, and it, it's it's sad to see because obviously we've grown quite fond of these players, go very attached to them, and I know you know it's a confusing thing for me to say considering I've just named my ideal start in Tottenham eleven with Deli Ali and Christian Eriksen, two of the players that are supposedly um, to blame for this for this rot. Um, 
but you know they're the best players that I think we've got at our disposal and and you know even though I think it all gets slightly better we still have seen the last of of that this Tottenham 11 as we know it today I think we've we've seen the last of it and it will get torn apart in the summer um and that is that is it getting worse before it gets better for me because it's going to be depressing to see these players that we've grown to love leaving it and it's going to be upset it's going to be sad but it is it's necessary you know it's necessary everyone remembers selling a, a player that we that we never wanted to sell um you know I, I go back to the days where we sold Robbie Keane I, I don't think I came out of my bedroom for a week and then you know getting rid of getting rid of Berbatov, Bale, Modric it was it was horrible but it was necessary and and you know I've, you've got to go with the Man United philosophy that no one is ever bigger than the club and and even though we love these players it'll probably be the end of the road for them this summer. What was the last transfer where you were absolutely gutted to lose a player from the club? The last one, um, well, for sentimental reasons or for, for for how good they are. Why not both? Because you know, losing Dembele last season was was heartbreaking because of the footballer that he was and 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 the way he made us tick, the way the way he moved. He, he, you know, he was part of that incredible team that, that finished off the White Hart Lane and. And it was horrible to see him leaving for purely sentimental reasons, because you could argue that he was, you know, his knees had gone by then, and he was, uh, and he just wasn't wasn't the player that that we once that we once knew. Um, in terms of like quality quality footballers, I, I will never go over Gareth Bale leaving, but that's you know that's that's just standard Real Madrid come calling, and that's why I, I, I'm so confident that Christian Eriksen won't come to uh, won't go to Real Madrid because I remember the the marker reports of Bale, you know, Bale is going to be a, a Galactico, this, that and the other. And, and it was, there was an era of inevitability about it. Like they want the player, they're going to get him. And this question about Christian Eriksen has gone on for two, three years now. If they wanted him, he'd be, he'd be in their shirt by now. Could you accuse Poch of being too loyal to his players? I mean, if you look at the group of players that he took over, what, 2014, almost six years ago, well, the six seasons, shall I say. And a lot of those players still feature in the squad now. So, you know, I'm not advocating play, sorry, sell players for the sake of it. But at the same time, that sort of freshness doesn't really seem to be in the squad at the moment. I think the, the point is that he should, have, he should have added to those players rather than replace them. You know, so, you, yeah, I mean, rightly, you rightly say you could be too loyal. But I think the loyalty was good. You know, these players weren't, weren't hindering him in any way, you know. If we, if he'd have got rid of Alderweireld or Vertonghen and someone like that bef- before now, we'd be slating him. You know, we, football fans were very fickle, and and the crystal ball moments are absolutely huge. You can say you could say that if we if we'd sold Ben uh, if we'd sold Danny Rose to Watford in the last day of the season and played Ben Davis all season and and we've been playing the way we're playing, everyone would be calling for Danny Rose. Why did, why was Danny Rose sold? You know, people saying why did we sell Kieran Trippier? when he had the worst season I think I've ever seen in a Spurs shirt. Um, so he can be too loyal, but he, these players never gave him a reason to, to be sold. They were always consistent. They always played well. Even the odd lapse in form was, was recovered you know, very quickly. But the point is that we should have been adding to these players. We should have been, we should have been buying players that, that made them train harder because they didn't want to lose their place in the first team. They, we should have been buying players that, that would have bogged up our bench and, and, and had players looking over their shoulder. Christian Eriksen has known that he's going to be our, our creative midfielder. 
for the last four years. You know, the, with his, his nearest replacement is Eric Lamella, who he knows has, has been injured for for three of the last four years. It was has never really clicked in the Premier League. You know, these players that they they've never been pushed because they've never needed to be needed to be pushed. But now we're feeling the effects of that. Right. Here's my left field question of the week. Does it almost need a sort of Chelsea-style boom and bust kind of campaign where it's so bad that then there are real changes enforced thereafter? Because when things are just about all right, let's say Arsenal is the example, where they sort of just diminishing return and gradually got worse and worse. It doesn't really provide the action that's required. That's not the same as me saying, yeah, we should definitely finish 10th. But do you know what I mean? It needs that sort of real shock and awe, like, this is so bad, let's just rip it up and start again. That goes back to, to the whole, you know, of the three players, manager and chairman, who whose who's fault is it that this has happened? And that one is, is largely chairman. Because, you know, Tottenham have had a golden couple of years. We've been we've been regularly in the in the Champions League. We've been, you know, we've been we've been performing. We've been up there, and it's it's all been good, and that's you know, that is a miracle when it, you look at how much City and Liverpool have spent in comparison to us. We haven't we haven't as you right we haven't changed our squad for for two or three years. So, if you're Daniel Levy, if you're Joe Lewis, even looking at this football team, you're thinking, well, this is. There's no problem here. Look, they're, they're they're earning money. They're doing well. The fans are relatively happy, um, and so we're feeling the feeling the effects of that now. You know, if say for instance we we do slip up for the rest of this season, say we finish fifth, and Daniel Levy, Joe Lewis, and the men are going to get hit in the pocket because because we've got this big, beautiful stadium that all of a sudden isn't going to be isn't going to be full, isn't going to be fall twice a week like it is at the moment with the Champions League games because it's not going to sell out for Europa League games um, and you know and that that is going to make them sit up and watch and so you know if, if you're asking if that's what it needs then I think it would help if you're asking if it's what I want then absolutely not because I think I've taken enough this season I don't want any more If we go back to Saturday it was the worst possible start one that almost well actually it did because I was there it sucked the life out of the stadium and it's already one that's is quiet already I admit that Fans need to feed off action on the pitch, but it's so quiet. So how do we fix this? Because this is, you know, it's almost getting to library Emirates kind of territory already, and it's not really the kind of image or uh, profile we were sold when we all bought our season tickets to the new home. It's it's the whole it's the case of of pointing the finger that there was the same at Wembley. You know, the the players and even Pochettino criticised the atmosphere this uh, this weekend. But it's easy then for fans to say, look, if you're not entertaining us, we are not going to pretend to be entertained. For me, I, I, I'm old school. I, I'm, I'm go to the football, go to the football, sing loud and proud, um, and and represent your team whether they're whether they're winning the Champions League or whether they're just about to be relegated. That's that is how I am and how is how I will always be. But there are plenty of people out there, a lot of them season ticket holders who sit there and demand entertainment and that is the reason why the ground is so quiet it's you know I've had passionate rants on on our podcasts before about how the the people who get tickets to Tottenham matches don't know how lucky they are you know I've spent 22 years of my life supporting Tottenham with my whole heart and yet probably haven't been to a tenth of the of the games that other people have whether whether that makes me a bad fan or not 
you can shove it because I, I you know Tottenham mean everything to me and if you are lucky enough to have a season ticket if you are lucky enough to get a ticket to a game then you need to realize how privileged you are and you need to think you know if I'm sat there on my phone if I'm sat there knitting as I saw on Twitter then you're taking the seat of someone who, who wants to be there who wants to be singing loud and proud and you know I a lot of the time I've had to be that person who, who sits at home and wants to be singing with other Tottenham fans who wants to be G in the team up but I can't because I haven't got the facilities to do it and you know if you are going to go to the games then you know just spare spare a thought because there are a lot of us out here who would who would do anything to be in your seat now you might listen to this after Tuesday night's action but we'll have a quick chat about the Red Star Belgrade game James it can't be any worse than our last European outing can it don't say that, mate. No. You've jinxed it already, no. haven't you? We're not going to ship eight to Red Star, are we? Well. <laughs> well, then again, would we have shipped seven to Bayern? How bizarre was that? Because you think about it, we started the game quite well. I mean, a sucker punch to concede straight after scoring, pretty much, and another sucker punch to go down 2-1 at half-time. But then after that, you just got Serge Gnabry having the actual freedom of the stadium. Five, six and seven, you're almost laughing to yourself. It's just so bizarre. It was. It was absolutely bizarre. And, you know, you'd like to think that will that will never happen again. Bayern were, you know, so, so good, but equally Tottenham were bad. And and I think after after five, it, it just all went to, to pot. It was all very we just give up now. And and it was it was horrible to watch, but hopefully, you know, it can't be that bad. I, I actually said that the three 0 to Brighton was worse than the Bayern game. I think we were we were altogether worse in that game. I think we were just so devoid of, of any kind of creativity and uh, we were just so, so bad. Whereas in the Bayern game, at least we showed a little bit of fight for, you know, for, for 60, 65 minutes of the game. Um, you know, the, the Red Star game, it surely cannot be that bad. It'd be, it'd be nice to see the players come out with a bit of fire, a bit of passion. And, you know, they, 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 they all talk very good talk. You know, they, they tweet and they, and they interview well. They say, you know, we're going to turn this around. We're going to, we want to turn this around. We, we're very positive, blah blah blah. But then they just don't act it on the pitch. They don't, you know, they don't chase balls down that the, the Tottenham fans want to see. You know, football fans are very easily pleased. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen the clip of Andy Robertson for Liverpool ch- charging a ball down for for fifty, sixty yards, and he doesn't even get to the ball, but he gets the whole stadium on on their feet and. At the moment, that's what we need. You know, the, the slander of, of players like Danny Rose for, for for not being good enough, but at least they're putting putting everything in, every, everything on the line. And we we need that at the moment. We need the leaders in the team to dig deep and and, and really, you know, get get everyone up, get everyone in a better mood because that that is when we play our best football. Is when we're is when we're enjoying it. After such a poor performance on Saturday, does playing again so quickly become a good thing or the lack of confidence? Does this mean that playing is the last thing this group of players want to do? Well, I thought the break might, um, a break might do us well. Um, that was the international break. I thought that that would that would be the fix. I remember saying, you know, Pochettino's got two two weeks with his players now, two weeks to, to, to get his philosophy across. To change the system is actually what I wanted to see. And have two weeks to implement that that change of system, but he, you know that clearly didn't go very well. Um, so for me, you know, that he's had his chance now. He's had he's had his chance to change things up. Now we need, yeah, we need a confidence boost in game. We, we all, all thought that would be the Crystal Palace game, the one that we won four 0 
Um, but you know that didn't prove to be the case. We need now. We need to get a result on the board. Even scraping a one-nil win right now would be a step in the right direction. I think that would be huge. Yeah, I, I, I just hope we we get the result on the board. That is the most important thing. Yes, hopefully we get a win to kickstart our continental hopes. And it, if we do, it will put us in good stead for the weekend. Now, I don't think we've got time to talk about Liverpool on Sunday, but we will have plenty of time to review it next week. By then, Kyle should be 100% fit. James, you should have your voice back. We should also have some proper intro music. Basically, this is a work in progress as we remove the ring rust. But give us a week or two and we'll be firing on all cylinders. So thank you for listening tonight because we've hit the 45-minute marker. So a bit of admin first. First, James, I need to thank yourself. Thanks, mate. I, I promise I'll, uh, I'll get a lem sip in me and I'll be all better by next week. Good lads. Also, listeners, if you have any questions or comments for next week, please send them either to me, which is at DanTracy1983, or COYS underscore COM. Engagement is what we want, as then we can discuss the points that you want to hear. And that's about it, really. So like I say, thanks for listening. Episode one's out of the way. Pat on the back for me and James. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy, and come on, you Spurs. Hey, you Spurs!